This is VLX Video Lexio Divina Christmas Interlude. Merry Christmas. This is Father David Nix at the Padre Peregrino Podcast. You know, we don't have a VLX or CPX this week, but I wanted to just share a little bit of my own mental prayer. And so if you have your Bible, look in Luke chapter 2. What I'm going to have you do in the imaginative way of prayer is imagine you are one of the pastors, one of the shepherds who is watching the flock, getting to see these angels for the first time. This was actually the reading at Midnight Mass, so perfect because we're talking about Isaiah, people who walk in darkness, see a great light. And so today I just want to share with you my own mental prayer on Luke chapter 2, especially verses uh, 8 to 14, but I'm going to read you Luke chapter 2, 1 through 14. A lot of you use the Dewey Rhymes Bible. Usually we go for the ESV or the RSV, but because we're going to look uh, quite a bit at the Latin today, I'm going to read you uh, Luke chapter 2, 1 through 14. This was the gospel at the traditional Latin Mass, Midnight Mass, maybe also Midnight Mass in the Novus Ordo. Luke chapter 2, And it came to pass that in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This enrolling was first made by Serenus, the governor of Syria, and all went to be enrolled, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enthralled with Mary, his espoused wife, who was with child. And it came to pass that when they were there, her days were accomplished, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him up in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds watching and keeping the night watches over their flock. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the brightness of God shone around them, and they feared with a great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that shall be to all people. For this day is born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord in the city of David. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men of goodwill. Thus are the words of the Holy Gospel. And real quick note for you all, I'm going to put this VLX under the miscellaneous playlist, not under the VLX playlist, just since I want people who are not listening in real time to be able to go directly through Matthew's Gospel without this uh, interlude in Luke. So this will be found in the miscellaneous playlist, not in my VLX playlist. Okay, so what I'm going to have you do in both the imaginative way of prayer and the um, Lexio Divina way of prayer is picture yourself as one of the shepherds here. Um... Remember that this is a people who walks in darkness, uh, both physically uh, and spiritually, because they're working at night. But they must have been good men of goodwill. We're going to see that a little bit later. But really, the whole world was at peace, as the Roman martyrology tells us. At least this night, it was at peace. And, um, but in darkness, um, just like every culture without Christ. But there are people of goodwill. Um, and so I'm going to have you picture yourself as one of these shepherds. So if you have your Bible, look at... Luke chapter 2, and we're especially going to look at uh, verses 8 through 14, 
These were, again, the last verses of the Midnight Mass and the traditional Latin Mass, and kind of what I've been using for some of my own Lexio Divina or Ignatian mental prayer. Some of the Greek words really stuck out at me. Um, maybe we'll start at the Latin here. So look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8, if you have your Bible there. And the Latin is very interesting on 8, because it says the shepherds were in that region, and then it says vigilantes et custodientes vigilis noctis, which is literally vigiling and keeping the night vigils. Kind of interesting it uses the word vigils as both a verb participle and a noun. Vigilantes vigilis noctis. Um, kind of a beautiful repetition. Vigiling the vigils of night um, above their flock. And then they're in darkness. Remember this. Uh, you know, this is long before the time of sodium lamps and everything else. These are shepherds out in a very rural region uh, working in darkness. Somehow they've got used to working by moonlight, maybe even by starlight. And then we have verse 9. And I want you to picture yourself really why they felt such great fear. We we read this, we hear this in, um, you know, the uh, Charlie Brown specials and stuff, which I do like. But we forget uh, we would have been just as afraid. So listen to verse 9. Et Angelus Domini statit juxta illos. Notice Angelus Domini, that's the singular. I think we have all of the beautiful accounts of the nativity wrapped up in our mind. And so we tend to picture many angels, but beginning at the beginning here of this event for the shepherds, it was only one angel. Well, he must have been quite a great angel. All angels are great. Um, but it's just the Angelus Domini. Notice that means the angel of the Lord, not, not many angels. There's a single angel of the Lord. And then what does he do? The Greek says, Kai angelos kurio epeste. Now, epeste in Greek comes from the epihistime, which is where we get um, uh, histamines, but it means epihistime is literally to stand above or to be placed above. Now, that should be quite a striking visual that these shepherds working in darkness all of a sudden, the angel, not angels, the angel of the Lord is placed in the midst of them, but right above them. Epeste, again, that means the Greek, I looked this up in the dictionary before I started this, to be to stand above or be placed above. It's quite a visual there. And it says, kaidoxakurio peolampsen. Now, doxa, this is where we get the word doxology even in English. It means glory. Whose glory? Notice it's not the glory of the angel. The angel is just this prism that is reflecting heavenly glory right on earth to these shepherds because it says doxa curio, which is literally the glory of the Lord. Again, doxa is where we get doxology, the great glory in the mass. And then curio is where we get curios or curia laison. So it literally means the Lord, the doxa curio. So what is shining around these shepherds? the glory of the Lord himself through this angel. And how is it happening? The verb is perialampsen. Now, lamp is where we get the word lamp, but peri is where we get uh, around. And many, many prefix, many words in English start with the prefix of petty. So it's a, a lamp around them, but how bright is this lamp? It's the glory of the Lord. Perialampsen. The Latin is just as cool. It's circumfulcit. Circum is where we get um, around also. And then full seat is shining forth. So it's both shining forth and around these shepherds. If you do the imaginative way of prayer, it just is such a visual. Even if you don't do the imaginative way of prayer, circum full seat. The claritas, that's glory, domini of the Lord, circum full seat, 
shone around them. So here even an angel barely above them, maybe three feet since it says the Greek is literally stand above them, just one angel. Whose glory? The angel's glory? No. The Lord's glory, circumfulcet, shining around them, or perialampsen, this light that is uh, going forth and encircling them at the same time. Well, <laughs> no wonder the next verb is timuerunt. That is the plural of uh, to fear. The third person plural or past of to fear. Timuerunt and here we have a repetition of words again. They feared with great fear, or literally feared, fear greatly. Now, the Latin for great fear is timore magno. That's at the end of verse 9. And in the end of verse 9, again, we're in Luke chapter 2, verses 9. It is phobon megan. And phobon, that is the accusative noun of the, um, the noun phobos, where we also get like, Arachnophobia, arachnid is uh, Greek for, or at least Latin, Greek or Latin both for spider. And then phobia, phobia is just the same thing in English, a fear of. So we have phobon megan, so mega fear. <laughs> These guys have a mega fear of the angels. And that's what any of us would have if we were in our right minds. Um, maybe, maybe living in sanctifying grace, we'd be excited with all the things going on in the world to finally see the end of the world if, if you're actually in sanctifying grace. But these were good men and still had this megaphobon, a mega fear, or timore magno. And then we have in um, verse 10 here, and the angel, again, we're just talking about one angel, adixit ilis angelus, that is, and the angel said to them, nolite timere, do not be afraid. And then we have this line, ecce enem evangelizo vobis. And the word in both Latin and Greek is the same. It is first person singular present in the Greek. It's euangelizomai, euangelizomai. You, can, might, you might hear evangelize in there. And then you definitely hear evangelize in that verb in, um, again, Luke chapter 2, verses 10. Evangelizovos, evangelizovos. I evangelize you. Uh, with what? Um, it says a gaudium manium. Here we have that manium again. And this time it's a great joy. Or in Greek we have Hadan Megalane. So how beautiful is that? We have both mega fear and mega joy in the same moment. This is really, as I've said before on previous podcasts, what every experience of God really should be is mega fear and mega joy. If you have the mega fear without the joy, um, then, you know, you might not be in grace or you might be experiencing um, dark forces. Uh, if you just have the joy without the fear, then you're just excited at your emotions. And it's very easy for us Americans to conflate our emotions for God. So if you don't like somebody, you think God doesn't like them. If, if you like the notion of a certain sin, you think God's giving you the blessing. He's like ratifying your conscience through your emotions, liking it. That's not how inspiration and divine revelation works. It's really going to be a great fear and a great love of God um, come together. And this is what these shepherds experience. And remember, they haven't even come to see Jesus yet. This is just the angels that they're experiencing, not the God of the universe just born. Um, but he has to show his majesty before he shows his humility, perhaps, to certain people. Um, you know, one of the insights I had on the nativity, a lot of times I think, you know, was this... Is the nativity just to trick us, just like whoever's going to give up everything, they get to go to heaven and the people who didn't believe this, uh, this event go to hell? 
one of the things that hit me in meditating this Christmas, and I'm going to write this in my journal. I wrote this on a piece of paper. I wrote, the humility of the manger was not a test of who would buy it to get to heaven and avoid hell, but rather humility was his very nature. Might, might have been obvious to you. As I said on a previous podcast, I'm kind of slow on the uptake. But what the incarnation revealed, what Jesus in this manger reveals is his very nature. There's no trick in this. God is showing us his nature is humility. His nature is chastity. His nature is gentleness. And we become like him when we live these things. I mean, first by grace, but secondly, by cooperation with grace in these things. And one of the other things that I wrote um, when I was just looking at the Greek word for manger there, and manger is a great translation. I mean, it's, it's really a trough. That's all they could find in this hillside cave was a trough to put Jesus in. And I, it just hit me, that's a tool of an animal. And what is the cross? The cross is a tool not even fit for an animal. Like, can you imagine the sadness and the outrage if someone crucified a dog on a cross? Sorry for the visual if there's kids listening, but this is really a horrible, uh, which the world Jesus has been born into, that they wouldn't even do that to a dog or an animal. What poverty that he goes from the tool of an animal to the tool of something not fit for an animal. This is the bookends of his life, the manger and the cross. Okay, but the shepherds at this point, they don't know about the cross. They just have a a great fear and a great joy. This phoban megan and a haran megalane. And why does the angel evangelize them? Verse 11, quia natus est, because born to you, or rather, quia natus est vobis, because born to you, hodie, today, salvator. That word is capitalized in my Latin. Or in the Greek, it's soter. That's as I said in a previous podcast where we get soteriology. A savior, a rescuer. And it says in the Greek, hos estin Christos kurios, who is Christ the Lord. I love when the Greek sounds like the English, Christos kurios, Christ the Lord. And polen dawid in the city of David. So we have something eternal and something very temporal. Christ the Lord is eternal. And then we have in pole, in pole, excuse me, in pole Dawid, in the city of David, something very temporal. And this is exactly the incarnation. This, um, this is the hypostatic union, the eternal and the temporal. Oh, and uh, let's go back to verse 10 real quick. There's something I missed there. Harin um, Megalin, this great joy, heti esti, Pantitolau. Pantitolau is for all peoples. Lao is generally um, all the Gentiles, all these different nations. So you have to remember that the Jews, they understood salvation was from Yahweh to them. And there were some converts and stuff. But this is this is an extraordinary evangelization that the angels are giving. That This is Pantitolau. This is for every nation. Just think about that. Here's shepherds who've probably never gone beyond a 10-mile radius of where they followed sheep. And here they hear that every nation is going to be saved by a little baby that was just born right near them. It's just amazing. Okay, let's look at um, verse 12. Again, we're in Luke chapter 2, verses 12. It says, um, in the Latin says, Et hoc vobis signum, and this will be the sign to you, in veniatis infantem panis involutum, you will find a child 
in volotum is like wrapped up. Et positum and placed in presepio. This is where we get that word in Greek, um, fante, fatne, rather, fatne in Greek is manger. Literally just a place where oxen can go eat. Um, and by the way, you know, Christmas this year fell on a Friday, so hopefully you all kept um, meat free. But even when Christmas does not fall on a Friday, the Italian tradition is to have a seven-course fish meal on Christmas Eve. Sorry, Christmas Eve this year fell on a Friday. But even when Christmas Eve doesn't fall on a Friday, you should still eat fish. Because the Italians say, this is kind of a neat Italian tradition, is in honor of the oxen that were in the cave, we don't eat beef. So it's still kind of a time of celebration, which is why it's not totally penitential insofar as the Italians have a seven-course fish meal. But it's a beautiful tradition. Again, whether Christmas Eve falls on a Friday like it did this year, you should do fish every Christmas Eve, um, at least in reflection of that uh, Italian tradition. Okay, I love 13. It says, at subito, maybe you've seen signs of the Vatican. People will often come up with signs of the Vatican as santo subito. That means make this person a saint immediately. And so I think subito is the Italian, but it certainly is also the Latin, which means immediately. At subito facta est. That means, and immediately it came to be cum angelo. Remember, we're talking about one angel. It's is in darkness, this circumfulcite, this, the, the, the shepherds are enraptured in light. Whose light? The light of the Lord with one angel maybe a meter above them, as it said um, in the Greek verb there. But with this one angel, look what happens in verse 13 here. Who appears with this one angel? Again, cum angelo, that's a singular angel. Then look at these next three astonishing words in the Latin. Multitudo militiae celestis. You can probably figure that out if you have a little bit of a romance language in your background or if that's your first language. Multitudo, obviously many, Militiae is warriors. What kind of warriors? The next word, celestis. Celestis means heaven. So a multitude of heavenly warriors. That's who appeared with this angel. Kind of makes sense, Isaiah 9 now. People who walked in darkness now walk in light. And what are they doing? Laudantium Deum, praising God et dicentium and saying, Gloria in altissimis Deo. The Greek there again has doxa. Doxa in hupsistois Theo. Glory to, glory in the Most High God. Literally in. Doxa in hupsistois Theo. Kai epi geis erene. And upon the earth peace. En anthropois in the men. Eudokias. Eudokias. St. Jerome translated in the 4th century from the Greek to the Latin as ominibus bone voluntatis. So that's men of good will. And so you're used to that. Gloria in altissimus Deo, glory to God in the highest, et super terum pax, and upon the earth peace. In ominibus, in men, or to men, bona voluntatis, to men of good will. Imagine being one of the shepherds, hearing a multitude of heavenly warriors in peace bring so much light and glory that you have great joy and great fear knowing that this is going to change the lives of everyone of goodwill and as we're going to read a little bit later what Simeon says Jesus will be set for the fall and rise of many in Israel so whether goodwill or badwill it's going to ch- this is going to change your life the birth of this baby 
is going to change your life. A sign of contradiction, as we're going to see in this same chapter, verse 34 or 35. And remember what Simeon then says. He says to Mary, and your soul, a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed. Revealed there in the Greek is same uh, root word as apocalypse. In fact, I'll have it right here. I'll just read the exact word. It's apokalouthacin. Apokalouthacin. See, I'm reading directly from the Greek here. Apokalouthacin. Um, the, the piercing of Mary's heart, or rather soul, like literally in the Greek, um, will reveal the thoughts of many hearts. We have cardion dialogismoi. Cardion, where we get the word cardiac. That the piercing of Mary's soul will lead to the revelation of the apocalypse of the thoughts of many hearts. You see why Jesus is set for the fall and rise of many? But this is peace to men of goodwill. Those who seek truth will find Christ. Born to us this day, born the eternal one, born in time with all of his glory. But his humility is not a trick. His humility is really his nature. Both that glory and his humility is his nature coming to save us and to teach us to be like him. Please say in our Father that I may practice what I preach. Ad benedictio deemne potentis patris, et spiritus sancti, descendit super vos, et maniat semper. Amen.